confident. Colossians chapter 4, I thank you for sharing those blessings. I want to thank you publicly um, for your encouragement to me and my family over the Christmas season. Um, thank you um, in all the ways that you did encourage us. Um, It, it truly helps underpin our family's uh, ecclesiastical existence for a new year in a lot of different ways. Um, refreshes our hearts and our minds and our bodies to, to do the right thing the right way with you folks, God willing, right? Doing divine things together, and, uh, which is what we'll talk about this evening. But thank you for that. And uh, thank you for your generosity and your sacrifice and, and, and demonstrating um, your passion to make sure that the gospel is um, saturating our area, our country, and our world. Uh, to meet a $50,000 goal for, I think, now three years in a row, but to meet our Christmas offering goal ever since we've had it, since 2006, to at least meet it, in some years exceed it. I think that's an act of God, and we're thrilled with that. In addition to a $50,000 Christmas offering, you folks were able to generate over $40,000 to the new building in one month. And in addition to that, uh, you were able to finish in the month of December nearly $10,000 over budget. Now, that's not about numbers. That's about how God's grace is operating in many people's lives. That's about a group of people who are living uh, really for an eternal purpose. Um, I grew up in this church. You folks know that. We finished every year through 2005, almost every year, I believe every year, at least December 31st. We were at the end of the year, and we were below budget. We, we couldn't reach budget. Every year was a struggle. I don't know why. It doesn't really matter why. But you think about that. We're finishing years now, not just at budget, but beyond budget, and then you're thinking about the gospel locally, regionally, nationally, and globally. And above that, we're doing everything we can to provide a place for more saints to worship. It's unprecedented in our church's history. Let us increase more and more together, right? Um, may it always be gradually supernatural and never instantaneously instant, instantaneously sensational. That's what I think spiritual growth looks like. It's always gradual and supernatural. And rarely, if it's true spiritual growth, instantaneous and sensational. It's not the Norman standard for someone to show up with a $10 million check and say, let's build. That's not normal. Um, but what is normal, I think, is what's going on here. 
growing in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. No soul left behind. Everyone stepping, everyone walking. Um, few people running and carrying loads that are too big for them to carry and getting tired too quick. But doing all these things together. And uh, I just thank you for that. And excited about what the future holds here. I want to read through the last part of chapter 4 of the book of Colossians and highlight some people. In light of our theme for this year, in light of our message that we began this morning, we'll finish next Sunday morning, I want to read through a list of people that were really passionate about prioritizing spiritual things, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It starts in verse number 7. And to gain a little bit wider context, verses 7 to 17 follows a section of Scripture here in verses 2 through 6 that we've looked at before as a congregation in relationship to the overflow of Christ in our lives and personal disciple-making in verses 2 through 6. The assumption is here that the names that Paul lists in verses 7 to 17, it's simple to assume that these people uh, were involved in personal self-ministry. That's what the beginning of chapter 3 discusses. They were involved in corporate worship and ministry. Chapter 3 discusses that in verses 12 to 17. They were allowing their homes to be saturated with Christ. That's verses 18 and 19 and 20 and 21. They were living gospel-saturated lives in the workplace. That's verses 22 through chapter 4 and verse 1. We've outlined this to you before. The overflow of the gospel and the influence of Christ in their lives continued on into chapter 4, verses 2 through 6. So the list of names here at the end of chapter 4 it's easy to assume that these people were experiencing and had been experiencing the influence of Christ and his gospel in their lives, as we've outlined here in the practical part of Colossians in chapter 3. We'll highlight about a few other things here before we look at some uh, realities on the screen behind us tonight. To all my affairs, verse 7. To all my affairs, Tychicus, our beloved brother and faithful servant, and fellow bondservant of the Lord will bring you information. There's a, there's a spiritual transparency in the lives of people who do gospel work together. He said that's our theme for the year, doing divine things together. What's Paul saying here? Paul's saying here, ministerially, I have nothing to hide. And I have a messenger who's going to bring you all the information that he could possibly bring as my fellow bondservant about my ministry. For I have sent him to you, verse 8, for this very purpose, that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. Spiritual transparency among gospel co-laborers. And with him I'm going to send Onesimus. Remember that name? The faithful one. And our brother, who is one of your number, and they together, right, they will inform you 
about the whole situation here. God had taken someone who was a loner, who was a scavenger of sorts, saved his soul, and made him a partner in gospel ministry, all the way, all the way to the point where he's now connected with Tychicus, a key player in the life and ministry of the Apostle Paul. And in this particular circumstance, teaming with Tychicus, doing divine things together unto eternal purposes as they come to minister to the church of Colossae. Verse 10, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner. Obviously, this is a prison epistle, and it seems here that this individual was probably with Paul, enduring at least part of the imprisonment here with him. He sends you his greetings. So we suffer together. We develop transparent ministry together. Paul is here, but he's not alone. He's a fellow prisoner. Aristarchus is, and they're encouraging each other through suffering. And also Barnabas' cousin Mark, about whom you received instruction, if he comes to you, welcome him. I find this fascinating because I believe this to be the Mark that separated himself from Paul early in gospel ministry, and now Paul finds a divine use for him again. And Mark for Paul. The emphasis here on togetherness, doing gospel work with each other. Also, justice. These are the only fellow workers for the kingdom of God who are Jews, who are from the circumcision. There's a loyalty here to the, to the nation of Israel to make sure that they're certainly continuing to get the gospel, but they're moving forward in Great Commission work to the Gentiles, but they're, they're doing it together. They have been a great encouragement to me. Epaphras, who is part of the church of Colossae, a bond slave of Jesus Christ, sends you his greetings. Always laboring earnestly for who? doing divine things together, right? For you. In his prayers, that you may stand perfect and fully assured in the whole counsel of God and all the, word of, the revealed word of God up into that time. So even here highlighting the activity and the result of personal Ministry, self-ministry in the area of prayer unto this end. We are praying for others in our local body to understand the word and to do the word. For I testify, verse 13, for him, that he has a deep concern for you and for those who are in Laodicea and Hierapolis. The language there is very intimate, as you can imagine. It's the language that John uses when he tells the house churches, I have no greater joy than to find my children walking in the truth. Paul uses similar language. And now this man who's part of this church but away from this church is interceding for this church to stand perfectly and he has a deep concern for their spiritual well-being. He's not ministering alone. 
Luke, the beloved physician, sends his greetings, and also Demas. Greet the brethren who are in Laodicea. So now we're moving outside the church of Colossae, and we're discussing other churches in the region. Individuals inside the local church don't, do, don't merely do divine things together. Like-minded local churches do divine things together. Share this message with these folks in Laodicea and Hierapolis. Greet the brethren in Laodicea. And also, Nympha and the church that is in her house. When this letter is read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans. And you, for your part, read my letter that is coming from Laodicea. And say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. This is a man who's most likely pastoring to the group he's addressing. These are people that realize that their pastor needs encouragement, and their pastor is not designed by God to do divine things alone. <laughs> and my friends, he's not. <laughs> None of us are. But we need that encouragement to take heed to the ministry which has been granted us by God's grace in the Lord, that we fulfill it. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. Don't forget me. Don't forget me in my imprisonment. And how do we all continue to thrive, not just survive, within this ministry of doing divine things together? It's in the last sentence. What does it say? Grace be with you. Help from heaven. The only thing that we do if it's for eternal purpose, we do by help that's otherworldly. All power is given unto you to do what? Minister to the gospel to this dispensation. But we don't ever do it alone. I know you've heard that throughout the last year. You've heard that throughout the years that I know that at least Pastor Hobie and I have been ministering here now. And I know Pastor Mike and Pastor Steve uh, emphasize the same thing. You're a Sunday evening crowd. I don't need to emphasize this anymore. But there really are no such things as Lone Ranger Christians in the Scriptures. Okay? God's grace is always interested in developing interdependent relationships within the body unto the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's just the way the scriptures read. So thank you for participating in that. We have the opportunity this year to continue forward and by God's grace achieving, achieving some goals together um, similarly in a, in, in a fashion that we've done uh, since we started our whole process that we called One Legacy leading up to 2030. Uh, Pastor Kent and Mike and Steve, with their groups, they sit down and they put together year by year, goal by goal, um, a list of things that we can pray over, divine things that we can do together, 
as we've read this evening, these folks did from multiple churches, multiple areas for one purpose. We get to do this together out of our local church. We have a glory team and a reach team and a teach team. And by God's grace, almost all the goals we've been putting out to you in the last few years, at least two to three per group, uh, have been achieved. And we want to outline for you uh, several goals for each group for 2020 so that you can pray for them. But they're being put up here so that your prayer leads to personal participation. So when you read these things, I want you to sit and pray with your eyes wide open, Lord, what would you have me to do in helping achieve at least one of these goals in one of these groups this year? And maybe he'll give you a burden for more. But we're doing divine things together, and these are the things, just a few, that we're going to seek to achieve to do together this year. Before we get to those things, I want to review with you something simply found on the internet, which are biblical virtues. Years ago, all of you, or many of you sat down, we invited the whole church to come. I think there were 60 or 70 of you that stepped forward, and you helped us identify what we value as a church. And this was the number one thing that most down. We want to always glorify God. Uh, and I was grateful to see that because that's the first statement of our mission, right? And that's really 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Whether we therefore we eat or drink, do all to the glory of God, right? Uh, it's so important. Disciple making is certainly the Great Commission mandate. Call it whatever you wish. Um, the Bible calls it making disciples. Um, you can call it witnessing and studying God's word together. Whatever you want to call it. This is what you folks wrote down, which I was also glad to see, both teaching and reaching people. Um, you folks put down that we, we valued each other's presence and doing God's purpose together. You, you, you appreciated unity, right? Uh, it was a blessing for me to see that you valued this, and you put down texts like Ephesians 4 and Psalm 133. You endeavor to maintain the unity the Spirit of God gives us, and how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. That's where the Lord does eternal things. You told us that our church valued prayer, and may we increase more and more, personally and publicly. You told us that we value the love of God and that, that grace will ensure that the end of every ministry endeavor is a greater love for God and for our neighbor in order to fill, fulfill the royal law of the king to love our neighbors as ourselves. Okay. Those six virtues will be six of many but those are the six that you highlighted for us that you felt our church primarily um, mirrored and we'll continue to do those things. I wanted to review with you these things to pray about becoming involved with in 2020 as we continue forward uh, reaching our community. Right? Pastor Steve heads up the glory team. This is their particular mission for that glory team. Each one of these things can be found on gcmlegacy.com if you want to find a website for it. Those six virtues are always there. Our church history is always there. Anything we're planning on doing is always there. gcmlegacy.com to pray. How many of you have been on that site? Would you raise your hand? All right. 
How many of you have been on that site in the last two months? Good. I'd encourage you to visit it at least once a month. I know there's always new information on there monthly. It gives you an opportunity to be aware and to pray and to become involved. Pastor Steve, obviously he's leading the team or the, the emphasis for the new building down there, but there's a whole lot more that we do than just, remember what I said, that building ought to be the easiest thing we do. These are the things that we focus on uh, for 2020 in particular. Pastor Steve's working with his group to develop an app for all of our disciple-making resources. And that'll be useful internationally. So as all of our disciple-making resources, the Grace Disciple-Making series on our website, all that's translated into various languages. We're going to be able to have all of our partners globally, through an app, be able to access all the resources that you folks are, being, are putting together. Pastor Steve texted us a picture this morning of a church in Canada, um, and they were all dispersed throughout their fellowship hall disciple-making. Their lobby looked like our lobby does. Uh, they came and took the seminar a little over a year ago, and the Lord's gotten almost their whole church involved in spiritual reproduction. They'll be able to get on that app, as well as anybody else, and access our materials, God willing, in that time, in their own language as well. They're already diving into this process. We're developing a new Grace Church of Mentor app which is going to be more comprehensive than the last tremendous effort we had at our app. We're revising our social media plan, and we're going to be developing more robust com content to post. Um, we have a... Is Dave here tonight? Um, Dave Safeman uh, just retired from the YMCA. He was the marketing director, I guess you could say, for the Lake County YMCA for years. Phenomenal, sweet young man. And his desire was to, his job description was to promote the YMCA to our county. He's very astute. But he said, Pastor Tim, he said, there's coming a day for all 501c3s where they're going to have to have a hired position just for social media purposes. And you know, you can kind of see that coming, especially with nonprofit organizations. I know the church is not just merely a nonprofit organization, but there's a lot of information that can be put on, a lot of good spiritual information that can be put on social media. But Pastor Steve's group is working on developing more robust content on our platforms for 2020. He's going to be developing leadership uh, as he oversees continually the summer ministry assistant position, as he has done, and He's working with his group, which discusses uh, communication plans. How do we communicate with our church? They're going to be um, focusing uh, pretty much on evaluating what's white noise to you and what's really good information for you. Most people are getting too many, we're finding out most of you are getting too many emails from the church, and you're not reading most of them. And that's understandable. They take time. So he's going to be figuring out better ways with his group to communicate with you folks. Pastor Mike, this is what he shared in light of our findings from local corporate outreach. We'll partner with the equip team to better train our saints to share the gospel at each scheduled corporate venue. 
2020 Arch National Fellowship. We're working on collectively planting six new churches together. You saw those folks in the Christmas offering. Do you remember? Those couples from six different states. And we're going to initiate and maintain contact with these six families that are planting these churches as well as helping to communicate updates and needs to our own church family and the Arch Network as a whole. We're going to examine the ministries of our current missionaries with the goal of at least two REACH team members personally visiting a missionary family on the field to encourage those who are in the greatest need of spiritual and relational assistance. We'll examine all of our missionaries' most recent correspondence, suggest to the Grace Church elders who might benefit the most from our offer to, of help, and then schedule a one-week visit to the said missionary family the fall winter of 2020. After this trip, we'll communicate the benefits and outcomes of the visit, and we'll determine whether or not this mode of missionary assistance is sustainable on an annual basis. I hope that encourage your heart, encourages your hearts. They're going to partner with the equip team to better train, again, our saints, just an overview here of their three goals, corporate outreach, Arch Ministries, assisting maintenance of ministering to these six families, informing you folks, and then the REACH team members to foreign missions. Pastor Kent, and if Pastor Mike and Kent want to step up, Pastor Steve's on vacation today, if they want to step up and clarify anything, that um, please feel free to do so. This is the equip team mission that you're familiar with. It's on gcmlegacy.com. Pastor Kent team, like Steve and Mike are doing, is doing a great job putting out these annual goals and uh, particularly in relationship to developing a pathway, a, a written document, a printed document, like our disciple-making pathway that illustrates the development journey of each level of leadership at Grace. And Pastor Kent, how many levels of leadership have you identified and are we seeking to develop? Four. Four. You know from our Christmas offering that our desire is to complete not just book one, but books two and three of our Foundations for Students series. And we're super excited about that. And by the way, all of our arch partners are salivating over the possibility of getting these for their children's Sunday school classes. I mean, they're just wanting these as much as they're wanting the others. Is Tyler in the auditorium? I know he's my pizza guy tonight. Um, I would ask Pastor Steve if he was here, but Tyler can kind of give you a ballpark. T, um, how, how many discipleship books have we sold or ballpark did we sell in 2019-ish? Including custom, I would say well over 10,000 foundations. Okay. I, ballpark. But the walk, does that include the walk? And no, that was just strictly foundations. Walk would probably be around three to 4,000. Okay. And then uh, any ballpark on the simple Christianity or simply blessed? Simple Christianity, probably three to 4,000 again. And simply blessed, I'd say around 200. A lot of people haven't gotten there yep. yet. So. so that's encouraging, right? Um. And that's just in English language and Spanish. That's not including a lot of other languages that these things are being translated. But anyways, our people are looking forward 
to getting two and three finished in 2020 as we're wrapping up one at this point. They're working on a disciple-making resource page on our website for our whole uh, church family. And they have a goal in 2020 um, of revising the Your Disciple-Making Life content. When you look at that map, do you understand the map that we're talking about? It's in the lobby. Once a year, we put it in your Sunday morning folder. We review it in a morning service. You may carry one in your Bible. And you might say, why do we have this map? Why do we keep emphasizing this map? This is not just mere curriculum. Okay? You might look at that map as a seasoned believer and you say, I know all this information. Well, your disciple may not. But let's say that you sit down with a disciple that as you look at all that information, you've read all of it and you've studied all of it. What do you do then? What we're asking you to do, if you're in that very narrow category... Right? What we're asking you to do is identify more quality resources we can add to that map. If you've not studied every resource on that map, I don't want you to look at that title and say, well, I got that. I don't need to read that. No, your pastor needs you to study that. I need you to be a Berean. I need you to tell me, pastor, this is good, and it needs to stay on this pathway, or it's a problem, and it should probably come off. Right? I need that discernment from spirit-filled believers. So please don't gloss over it. Read it, study it together. But if you have another resource that's quality, again, that you can be, suggest to be added, this pathway is always being developed. So when Pastor Ken's equip team is, we're going to develop a website, we can never put all the material on one printed pathway. Each category on that pathway is to just merely represent a springboard to all the other resources underneath that particular topic in arrows two, three, and four. So it's always going to be organically being built. We want you to suggest new materials to us. Everything you suggest, suggest that gets approved, everything that's already on there that's approved is going to be part of this website. So it's critical. And remember, that's milk to meat and everything in between. So this is thinking the same thing, speaking the same thing. This is maintenancing unity around the Word of God as we all learn to understand what it means to be personally, spiritually reproductive. Read the pathway very, very carefully. It describes in the early days of someone's new birth, you meeting with someone every week. When you get into that second arrow, I hope you understand that's just you meeting once a month with somebody. When you get into that third arrow, it's you meeting with someone once a quarter. Okay. Read it in particular. There's a whole philosophy of time stewardship in disciple making. So, for instance, Nick is discipling Ryan. You heard that this morning. Ryan's never been discipled before. He's in the early stages, right? Of going through foundations so they meet how often I don't want to be overly redundant but they meet weekly when they're done with foundations and they go through the membership welcome to our family process and they go on to the walk we would ask all of you to do that but when you're done with the walk only through the walk do you meet every week with somebody now, for most of our people, 
on an average, that whole first foundations, welcome to the family and the walk, that's taking most of our people four to five years in meeting weekly. And that's okay. No one's in a hurry. There's 22 chapters in the walk and the foundations. If we were an institution, we would say, you've got 22 weeks to get through both books, and you'll have a quiz at the end, right? Or a test. That's not disciple-making. That's not building redemptive relationships around God's Word. Stay intentional. Keep growing in the Word with each other. But in the throes of all that, there's weeping with those who weep. There's rejoicing with those who rejoice. You guys know what it means to build relationships more and more. But when you get on into that second arrow, when you begin with, you know, the book on prayer, when you go on into a Bible reading plan, when you go on into reading about disciple-making works, like Theodore Imes' book, and the trellis and the vine, and so forth, we, I need you to know that material. So you can teach it to somebody else so they can teach it to somebody else. Don't just say, I'm sure it's good because Pastor Kent put it on there. Again, be a discerner. If it's good, learn it for yourself. Teach it to somebody else. If you already know it, again, add more. Suggest more for that topic. But even in that second arrow, the suggestion is you can meet every week if you want, but the suggestion is to meet once a month. Why? Because by the time Nick's done with Ryan... In maybe four years of going through the first three resources, maybe Ryan's led somebody else to Christ. And with Ryan's newborn babe in the faith, how many times does he need to meet with him a month? Four times. So he's not going to be able to meet with Nick four times a month, and his new disciple four times a month, and minister faithfully in one area in the local church, and, 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 right? So there's some reason to all this. So when Pastor Kent's team is going to be developing these resources and putting them online, they're not just resources in an institutional environment. It's always involving spiritual, personal growth, your own, you helping somebody else grow so they can help somebody else grow. And as we go deeper in the word together, we go wider in our gospel influence in our town. Does that make sense? Okay. We are always wanting suggestions, so speak them. Okay. Listen, some of our own elders, just up and through Thanksgiving, they're all sweet, godly men even though they knew the pathway existed, right? And they knew the, the content of it, right? They were like, oh, wow, yeah, I, I guess I'm supposed to move on to the next resource. <laughs> We've been studying this, this, and this. And my comment was, I praise God you're studying God's word. This is awesome, right? Let us know what you're studying so we can add it on. But let's do that, but not at the expense of the pathway, okay? Um, so anyways, the equip team goals. They want to mobilize a pathway document to encourage members for how they might serve. And that's critical. We're always honing that. And they're going to create a dashboard with working metrics in the hands of our leaders to aid in their spiritual oversight of our congregation, specifically to provide the elders a visual on how members are growing in the graces of stewarding their time, talents, 
and resources. Okay? Any comments or questions about these goals for 2020? Thank you for those of you who've worked with Pastor Mike, Kent, and Steve to put these together. I think they're attainable. They're, 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 they're clear, concise, they're compelling, they're doable. But it requires two things we mentioned from the testimony of the people in Colossians 4. We pray, and then we what? You partner. Out of all the goals from each one of the teams, as you sat and you read and you prayed, which one did the Holy Spirit say, you know what, I would like to help Pastor Steve do this, Pastor Kent do this, or Pastor Mike do this? And then go talk to them and get involved. Every person in this room, man, woman, or child, can participate in at least one aspect of one of these things in 2020. Not only can, but you should be. Right? That's seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What consumes you? These things are all about doing something for an eternal purpose, and that's what consumes us. Okay? All right, let's pray together. Father in heaven, we love you. Thank you so much for the born-again, spirit-filled saints that were outlined for us or detailed for us, listed for us in Colossians 4. We thank you, Lord, for their transparency. We thank you for their partnership and suffering and gospel dissemination. We thank you for their interdependence, not just with one another, but with other like-minded local churches for the sake of eternal purpose. We thank you for the leaders and the people involved with outlining these spiritual kingdom goals for 2020 for our local church. I thank you for the wisdom that you've given them. I thank you for the way they've detailed and outlined for us so easy to understand various things that we can pray for and be involved with personally and partner together. I pray that every soul in our congregation would be compelled to partner more and more as we know how to love you and each other more and more. I thank you, Lord, for even today, already answering our prayers that you would allow us to harvest souls and for a little soul being born again today, even in our own midst in Sunday school. Lord, give us many, many more by your grace. We know that your return is imminent, the time for the church on this earth. The days are numbered. Only you know that number. Help us, Lord, to be consumed with eternal purpose, only doing these divine things together in this year. More efficiently and more compassionately and intentionally than we ever have before. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.